All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Okay, Halloween music sucks. Wait a minute. How did we get a a new open for Tori? And I don't think she's going to like it one bit. I don't think Halloween music is up there with other great, great. uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But uh, Tori Van Oot joins us. Tuesdays with Tori, by the way. Is that what we're calling this segment always? Tuesdays with Tori? I like it. I love it. Tuesdays with Maury. I know. It was such a great book. So Tuesdays with Tori. We always learn something. Um, Before we get to the other stuff, Tori, you have a toddler. Yeah. What is he going to be for Halloween? And I'm going to need to see a picture of this perfect human. I will send some pictures later. He wore his Blippi shirt. I don't know if your listeners know who Blippi is. Millennial parents might. Yeah. Very annoying guy. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's like the bane of my existence, but Jack does have a blippy shirt. So we wore that to daycare because they didn't do full costumes at daycare. Ah. And I'm hoping he will put on his firefighter suit tonight uh, that <laughs> so we got. Cute. He loves Isn't firefighters, it? but we'll see. We'll see what, you know, he's been a, uh, a very um, independent face. I... So we'll see what he feels like wearing. Isn't that always the case? Our kids' favorite characters are just the bane of their parents' existence. We had oh. Caillou. Remember Caillou? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caillou was annoying. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's, you know, Adam brought it up the other day because we, I don't know if you heard this story, but we just had a guest on, Steve Reiner, who is uh, making it his life's mission to create a memorial for the Halloween blizzard that happened 32 mm. years ago. Yeah, he wants to create it on state capitol grounds and... Um, He's been actively fundraising for, I don't know, I, I mean, Adam, like maybe years. 25 years, years already. Yes, yeah, it's, years, it's yeah. been decades already that he's been working on this. But um, Adam said, what will we have first, the memorial or will we have a site for the third precinct? So <laughs> what's going on with the third precinct site and where is it going to be? Good question. Well, I got to say on the memorial, A, Vanita missed the chance this morning to ask Governor Walls a very hard question about this, why he won't stand behind the Halloween Blizzard Memorial. And uh, B, (laughs) if the legislature did do it, what they would do is create a task force to create a task force to create a task force to come up with designs. And uh, there's actually a board. There is like a board, a commission that oversees art and commemorative plaques and works and statues on the Capitol crowns. Fun fact. But um, I have a feeling, sadly for your friend, um, that the uh, third precinct location may come first. It seems like there is movement forward here. Uh, But it's been a long time, as we mentioned, you know, this morning in the newsletter. It's Mm -hmm. been Mm -hmm. since I think May 28th, 2020 is when the police Mm -hmm. station here in South Minneapolis is third precinct burned was destroyed in the civil unrest and riots that followed george floyd's murder and it turns out that finding a replacement is a difficult political feat for city leaders the latest effort was the 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 building that they originally wanted to at least lease or buy and the mayor putting that up again i mean is that now the suddenly the the number one option or what Uh, 
what yeah what's old is new again right in three years Mm. we've come we've come uh full circle here uh yes so the mayor has revived a, a location that's actually across the street from his other favorite location um, which is a city-owned parcel. This is a spot that's not too far from where the old three, third precinct was, kind of just north of the Target and the Cub on Lake Street, if folks know where that is, off of Minnehaha. Um, and you know, the mayor now says that this person who they originally talked to is again willing to sell, and one of the reasons he's backing um, that idea is uh, that it's one of the more affordable options. I think it's about $14 million is the starting price tag here for <laughs> renovating building a police station in this spot uh, but it's not the only one like i said there's one across the street there's two other uh locations that were thrown into the mix in the last month or so including one kind of in old grain mills um closer to hiawatha a little farther south in the precinct uh you know the precinct covers a, an area of south minneapolis that goes farther to the west too so there are some residents some city council members who do want like in a, you know, like something that's a little bit more centralized uh, in the area that these officers cover. Uh, and again, this is after even earlier this fall, there seemed to be momentum behind having third precinct officers co-locate out of a downtown precinct and not mm-hmm. even be in the community. And that's been the real tension is that there are some residents in this area who don't want a physical police presence following the murder of George Floyd, particularly hmm. in the spot that burned. There's a lot of other residents and business owners and community members who say, hey, wait a second, we want our police officers in the community. Um, and we want, you know, people to be, have a presence here, you know, mm-hmm. be local. So that's kind of the tension. And it's, there's always a little yeah. bit of where do you actually put something? <laughs> you know, some people want to live right next to a police station. Other people don't want to live right next to a police station. So mm-hmm. it's been a really difficult um, uh, a difficult political dilemma for city leaders. But this, uh, a committee, a city council committee is going to meet again this afternoon, look at the mayor's most recent proposal with all the other proposals, least likely is that they'll build it. They've pretty much ruled out building it where the old three, third precinct is. Anything could happen, mm-hmm. but city council has already once ruled that out. Uh, so we'll see if it, it moves forward and goes to a vote. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, Speaking of voting, next week's city elections are Minneapolis, excuse me, city elections are happening. Just, you know, not everybody, not all of our listeners live in Minneapolis and not all of them care. So why should we care about this? What are the most interesting talking points for this one? Well, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I think the reason people outside of the two cities should care is the Mm -hmm. city council members. All the city council seats in both cities are up. And who's elected to those seats will make policy decisions that will shape the future of the cities the two largest cities in our state. In Minneapolis and St. Paul drive a lot about, you know, uh, policies, all sorts of policies, uh, you know, and a lot about the economy. You know, the economies here in Minneapolis and St. Paul ripple out and impact the rest of the state. So that's kind of why. And, and people who don't live in Minneapolis 
come into Minneapolis for you know, baseball game, baseball season's over, basketball game, whatnot, mm-hmm. concerts, mm-hmm. and things like public sure. safety, things like that will affect them. But it's not just Minneapolis and St. Paul. I mean, p- folks should check their local uh, ballots on the Secretary of State's mm-hmm. website because there's also some really hot school board races. We've got, like, more than usual contested competitive school board races yeah. with candidates with pretty different ideological views yeah. in the suburbs. Uh, I think Minnetonka, I think, is deciding whether to keep um, ranked choice voting or not. We've got some other yep. local elections. St. Louis Park has a mayor. Um, and St. Paul, of course, also has a sales tax measure. Once that sales tax measure, I mean, if you're going to go into St. Paul and buy something, you may be paying that sales tax. So uh, there's a lot of consequential issues on the ballots next week. And as usual in an off-year election, turnout is looking pretty low so far. I think it's about 3% in Minneapolis of registered voters and less than 2% in St. Paul. So a small number of voters are going to make decisions that are going to impact a lot of our, our lives next week. Uh, the worst-kept secret uh, last week was that Dean Phillips uh, is launching a campaign for president. Yeah, he did so really? in New Hampshire. Okay, yes. Have you heard? Fr- <laughs> did so on Friday. I'm being told. Uh <laughs> Any surprises? Any surprises at all as to the reaction? Uh, I know Governor Walls talked talked to Vanita about it, saying you know, not saying he liked Dean, just not understanding why he was doing it. That they're behind President Biden. Uh, any surprises mm-hmm. as to the reaction or as to the uh, the response to Dean jumping in the race? Well, the response we saw, you know, he's focusing on New Hampshire, which is bucking the Democrats' new nominating calendar and right. going ahead with an early primary. That's not even clear if the delegates are going to count. Um, his real challenge there, the coverage from the first weekend showed, is going to be name ID and yes. making a mark. You know, a lot of the, not surprising, I think, even to him, a lot of the coverage was about voters saying, "Wait, Dean, who? Who are you? Which one is which one is running for president here in this in this cafe?" Um, it was kind of interesting to see some pretty sharp reactions from South Carolina Democrats. Those are the ones that get hmm. to go first now. Um, they uh, the uh, the Democratic leaders there told one of my colleagues they're, uh, you know, pretty irritated with this because they see it as disrespectful to their first primary. And Representative Jim Clyburn, a longtime leader in the state, actually went as far as to tell another outlet, The Messenger, that uh, disrespectful to the predominantly black electorate in South Carolina to say, I'm going to focus on making my mark by doing well in New Hampshire, where President Biden isn't even going to be on the ballot, mm. but is expected to be supported through a write-in campaign. So yeah, that was interesting. Some One thing that uh, maybe surprised some people, might surprise people, is that one of uh, Representative Phillips' chief uh, campaign advisors is former Republican strategist Steve Schmidt. Yep. He's, the, he's a never-Trumper. He did a lot of work to try to, you know, anti-Trump. Uh, he was the advisor on uh, late Senator John McCain's presidential campaign that first floated the idea of Sarah Palin, uh, you know, for some historical context there. So, so it's kind of an interesting team Representative Phillips is putting together. But um, but yeah, he launched and and he's going forward. And the reaction from most establishment Democrats is, who are supporting President Biden is you know exactly what you just described from Governor Walz this morning. Yeah. So we'll see. He's got to raise a lot of money. He also said he's going to spend two million of his own bucks, his own personal fortune, he's to jumpstart the yeah. campaign. But mm-hmm. it's going to be costly. And what we're watching is whether he can actually get on the ballot in enough states mm-hmm. to be right. competitive right. in the primary. Like you got to win primaries to win the nomination. And it, it's right. not just like you go sign up in most states, some have signature qualifications, all of that. So big road. Tori, ahead. Uh, 
Well, yeah, we're out of time, but Adam and I did want to talk with you about um, Walls' new executive order eliminating uh, college degrees. We're out of yes. time to talk about that, but we do promise Adam and I will talk about that in the next ahead, hour or so. Yeah. yeah, it's something that is definitely on our minds. But we want to thank you so much. You can read Tori every right. day in uh, Axios, and uh, good luck getting him into Stay the warm. fireman costume tonight. Happy tonight. Halloween. Yep. Okay, Happy Halloween, honey. Thanks, Tori. You got it. Uh, When we get back, you may be going to see Elvis. Stay tuned. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 